Hello, everyone. Welcome to Arts for the Health of It. My name is Catherine Partesini. I'll be your host today. And we have Ella Rosewood and Bianca Maguero here with us from Crelata, which is an on-demand dance education platform. And we have lots of goodies to share. I'm so excited you all are here. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having us on. It was a uh... As a dance teacher, it's like usually I'm just like in leggings and you know dance clothes, and I was like, oh my god, I have to like you know blow dry my hair. So yeah, I'm really excited to feel like a human and to be here talking with you about dance and education. Thank you, and um, Bianca, you're at the dance studio, right? I am currently at a dance studio. We just <laughs> finished our summer camp up, so rolling from one thing right into the next, but excited. Awesome. Well, um, I guess if each of you could just give a little background on yourself, um, just so our listeners can know who you are and what you do within Crelata. So I'm Ella. I'm the founder and CEO of Crelata, which, as Catherine said, is an on-demand dance education platform for schools that's coming in September. And I've been dancing my whole life, not really formally, but I took, you know, those little combo classes when you're a little kid, you know, tap jazz ballet. I moved into musical theater, did the whole pom-pom thing. <laughs> then in college, I mean, yeah, it's like a whole thing that for a long time I was like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that anymore. But now I kind of like come back around to being like, that's actually like a big way that kids like learn dance. And um, I went to college at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I got dual degrees in dance and elementary education. Everyone told me I could not do both. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to combine these things. And then I moved to New York City where I worked for the Bill T. Jones Arnie Zane Dance Company for four years doing their education programs. And then I was able to get my master's degree in dance education um, through Hunter College. Bianca and I actually went to the same college for oh, our cool. And now I've been teaching dance at a school in Bushwick for the last eight years, middle school. Oh, and middle school. That's, those are fun times. <laughs> and we can get into it more later, but from teaching at that school kind of jump-started me into starting um, the business that you'll be seeing and hearing a little bit more about today. Okay, great. And Bianca, how about you? Hi, so I am from New York, born and raised. Um, funny enough, I started dancing because my parents needed a way to entertain me. Um, and that's kind of what all my friends were doing, and it stuck. So I've been a dancer my whole life. I actually met Ella. I don't know if she remembers, but she was my dance teacher for one year. Yeah. Um, and then, then we ended up at Hunter together in the same graduate program. Um, different times, but I remember her being there. And this was my first year as a dance teacher in Queens. I am a K through eight dance teacher. So I needed tons of support because it was a crazy year. And Ella was like, hey, I'm working on this program. Is it something you'd want to try with your kids? And mm -hmm. I kind of jumped right on board. Is that is that typical for schools to have, uh, like, is it a full-blown dance program at the school where you teach? Or is that kind of a rare thing? I think it depends. The school that I'm at, it's offered as an elective. Okay. 
but it's okay. I think it's more common in New York than other places. I think Ella knows a little more about statistically how many dance teachers we have in the city. Yeah, Ella, if you could share, because um, that's part of your um, part of the reason you created Crelata, from what I understand, is just this huge gap in dance education um, in our country in general. So if you'd like to share a little more about that. Absolutely. I think in New York City, there's maybe around four to 600 dance teachers, but in the country, there's only 1% of students that actually have access to dance at their school. And there's 53 million school children in the country. So pretty much like 52 and a half percent of kids, mm -hmm. wait, like million, 52 and a half million kids are not getting dance at all. And that's due to a few things like number one, the lack of opportunity and the lack of access. Like in order to have dance in the school, there needs to be a certified dance teacher in most cases. And a lot of states don't have certification programs for teachers. Also, a lot of schools, they don't have, you know, however much you pay teachers in the state, they don't have that in their budget to pay a dance teacher. It's much more common to have a music teacher or sure. a visual art teacher. In fact, like 47, kids are 47 times more likely to have dance or not dance. <laughs> the opposite <laughs> for visual art at their school and theater is also like very low like right with dance so it's it's a huge it's a huge problem mm -hmm. and so tell us um how Crelata is helping to fill like fill this gap that <laughs> like help to yeah. provide access yeah so it's like we would love to be able, you know, to be an institution and certify arts teachers and all those things, because that's that's what I really want. Like the goal of dance in the country is to have a certified dance teacher in every school. Right. That's like a huge mm -hmm. goal. In the meantime, kids and administrations just need also exposure to dance because there's so many communities like the one I grew up. We only did pom-poms and kick lines and we <laughs> practiced on the cafeteria floor and we performed on the football field and we did like competitions. Mm. And that's how a lot of the country operates for dance. Like if that, if there's like dance in like a high school, like that's oftentimes what it looks like. And so what we're doing is we're taking all the work out of needing to have a certified dance teacher in order to just get people that basic exposure to dance. So with Crelata, you can log on. It's very easy to just like make an account and a password. Mm -hmm. And then any teacher, you don't even have to be a dance teacher, can just click the video <laughs> and let it play. And it's like a perfectly, you know, nothing's perfect, but in my mind, it's like a perfectly curated dance class that goes through all the elements that a dance class would have if you actually had a certified dance teacher in your school. Mm. So for me, it's just a way to help get schools exposed to dance and to bring it in. There might be a rural school that will never be able to afford a dance teacher, even if they wanted one. So sure. this is where we come in to help just bring awareness and make it very easy for kids to get up and move. Mm. Well, we are lucky to have a little sample of <laughs> what you guys do. So we'd love to play this video for our listeners and um, our viewers. So we're going to watch that.
Okay, we're not going to watch it. We're going to do it. Oh, we're going to do so it. Oh, okay. Stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very short, like three minute clip from our salsa series. It's a little. Um, it's like we can't just jump in anywhere in the lesson because it it's sequential. Yep. So this is from the very first lesson. We're going to learn how to do the salsa basic step. I need from the very first. Yeah, that's what yes. I need. <laughs> All right, here we go. Exploring concepts and developing skills. Watch the teacher first. So facing you, this is what our basic step looks like. Forward and together, back and together, forward and together back and together. Now from the side, it looks like this. Forward and together, back and together, forward and together, back and together. Now let's learn the steps together. So I'll turn around facing away so we can learn it together. So let's turn around. Everyone face your screen and follow along. So now everyone tap your left leg. Start with that left leg. Okay. So we're going to start forward the left foot. Take a step forward the left foot and bring the feet together. Now tap the right leg, take a step back with the right leg, and then bring the feet together. Okay, so we have a forward half and we have a back half. Forward with the left, back with the right. So let's take that again slowly. Forward left, then we're going to step together, and then right foot going back, and then together. Now as we take the step forward, left foot, let's rock back to the center. Step on the right foot going back. And then we rock back to the center. Let's do it a few times, nice and slowly. Five, six, left foot forward. Forward and together. Right foot back and together. Left foot forward and together. Right back and together. Forward and together. Back and together. Forward and together. Back and together. Very nice. And so if you notice, we're changing weight on every step. The left goes forward, we step back on the right foot, left foot together, right foot goes back, we step on the left foot, and then the right foot comes together. So we're changing weight on every step. Now let's try it with music. Find the rhythm. Remember, left foot forward, right foot back, five, six, left foot forward, here we go. Forward and together, back and together. Forward and together, back and together. Left goes forward, right goes back. Left goes forward, back and together. Forward and together, back and together. Let's keep our arms up. Back and together, forward and together. Back and together, forward and together. Back and together. Left goes forward, right goes back. Left goes forward, right goes back. Left goes forward. Right, goes back, forward and together, very nice. Forward and together, back and together. 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 Left goes forward, right goes back. Forward and together, back and together. Forward and together, back and together. Forward and together. And that's our basic step. Let's check your understanding. I move on the one, two, three, five, six, seven rhythm. I step forward on the left leg and back on the right leg. 
I use a rocking motion. Keep up the good effort. That was, that was so fun. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's even good for adults. Yes. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and the age, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know you guys serve, it's pre-K through 12, but um, I mean, really any, anyone could, <laughs> anyone could benefit from this. Absolutely. I mean, we designed it for I would say absolute beginners and especially kids that do not want to dance. So like I teach middle school and any teacher in a school, most of the kids are like, if you're in an elementary or middle school, they're usually forced to take dance in high school. It's usually an elective. And we want the kids to be forced to take dance because we believe dance is for everyone. However, you're going to have those really happy kids who are like, yes, we're dancing, right? And then you have like maybe like a third of the class that's like, nope. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing this. No, no, no. And that's what I encounter a lot in middle school. And it's like the more that – I know it's like I designed it with my students in mind. Like how can I encourage the kids and get them – to actually want to do it. So that's why we have kids in the videos because a lot of other like dance videos, instructional videos, it's just like a grown up, you know, it's mm -hmm. not like motivating. So I feel like when children see that there's other kids sure, in the sure. video too, they're like, oh, I can do that. And we try to like take it step by step. So it's not like, oh, we're gonna like do this whole dance and you have to pose and you have to do this, you know? Right. Um, I think too that, um the more it's probably true with anything arts, well, anything in general, but in the arts, the more you're exposed to it, the, the more confidence it builds over time. Um, and one of the things I wanted um, either of you to share about is just how, how do you feel like this impacts health for, for kids that you're serving? Um, what are some of the outcomes that you see? Or, or even just like if it's sharing a specific story or an experience of some shift you felt like happened. So I think um, a big a big thing of what makes dance uncomfortable uncomfortable for people is that it's kind of asking you to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. and that's where we end up with these issues with students that are like, "No, I'm not doing this," or my background training is very technical, ballet, tap, jazz, modern. And the attitude is, well, when am I going to use this in my life? Mm -hmm. And to take something that's more relevant, like salsa dancing, I have tons of students of Latin descent who would love to learn salsa because to them, it's something that they can relate to. Sure. So getting to bring in a professional to my room to teach something that I don't have experience in is great because now my students feel like, one, my teacher's taking an interest in my culture. But mm -hmm. also then they see me being vulnerable because if I'm going to ask them to try ballet, which makes them uncomfortable, then I should be able to put myself in that same position. I have no idea of the first thing about salsa, but I can put this video on and dance with my kids. And now it's 
social. And at its core, that's that's what dance is. It's social. So we're we're building relationships. We're building a safe environment. It's a nice mental health release. It's physical. We're moving. We're exercising. And we're starting conversations with each other. Right. And um, Ella, I think it's it's on your website. You share this story about how you had this experience of wanting to teach your students salsa and you went and looked for videos and you practiced and then came back to, I mean, that is, you made yourself super vulnerable. I think that's such a great way to describe it. But the fact that you were willing to try to learn something that was culturally relevant to them um, and, and that the students were like, yeah, no, that's wrong. <laughs> they are very fast to judge you. Rightfully so. I mean, I should not be teaching salsa. For those who are just listening in, I'm a petite white woman from mixed European descent. Like there's there's no reason I should be teaching salsa. It's not part of my cultural background. And like Bianca said, like it, when you're teaching in a school, you really need to connect with dance on a broader scale. Uh, it's not to say that the kids are not going to go on to be professional dancers, but it's like the goal of dance and education is more holistic. It's on like nurturing the whole person, getting them to feel confident in their body, to stand up in front of the class and do something that makes them afraid, but to do it anyway. Right. And yeah, like just to elaborate on the story for those that didn't look on our websites, like when I first started teaching at the school, I thought, oh, I'll do like what I know best, right? So we'll do like some modern dance and stretch on the floor and like creative movement. And the kids, first of all, they didn't want to sit down. Once they sat down, they didn't want to get up. <laughs> it's like, you can't even win. You can't, you know, how do you get them to do anything? So mm -hmm. then they're like, miss, we don't want to do this. Whatever you're doing, we don't want to do it. And I was like, well, what do you want to do? Right. They're like, oh, we want to dance like salsa. And I'm like, okay. So I tried to learn, took some classes, looked for videos online, came back like a week later and I was like, okay, like I prefaced it, you know, I'm not an expert, obviously, but like, let's try it. And it's like what Catherine said, they just looked back at me and they're like, no, miss, you should not be doing that. You need to bring your pom-poms with you. I was like, what are we going to do? Like pom-pom dances? Yeah. So I just feel it's it's so important that like there's not resources to teach, you know, just a diversity of dance styles to kids. You can go to workshops where you like learn how to teach it myself, but still like my belief is that it would be better to learn it from an authentic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so you guys are you're really serving kind of three populations, I feel like with this, where it's like you're serving students, um, educators and artists. Um, if one of you could share a little bit about how how the artist um, interaction works, are you, um, do you guys train artists before they come on? How, how do you kind of fit them in with um, your organization? Yeah, so we're just in our infancy. Mm -hmm. So the artists that we brought on for our 2022-2023 school year are personal friends of mine who I know are incredible teaching artists to begin with. So they didn't need a super 
crazy amount of like, this is how you talk to kids type of training because they already came with that knowledge. But what we really worked on together was the format of the lesson because in every lesson has an introduction, a warm up, they develop skills, you know, they like learn steps, practice with music, and then they have creative choice where they get to improvise, which for salsa is like, you're at the club, like you're out (laughs) socially. Like that's Bianca's nodding her head for those of you just listening. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's the point of it. Like that's, that's a creative part. And then it has a cool down and like a review. So it was really just about working with the teaching artists to take their, the material that they usually teach to kids and putting it into our format. Okay. So the, the videos are all pre-recorded, but they, they're sequential, like they go in order. That's why for the samples, like we really have to pick something from like the very first lesson, because if we even jumped into lesson two, you would be confused if you didn't do lesson one. Right. It would be like, uh, I was talking with Richard yesterday, like the goofy, remember the old goofy dance videos with all the steps all over the, (laughs) all over the screen. It got super confusing. Um, So you guys, um, I I hope I am remembering this right. Um, But was there something you guys are offering? Was it salsa, a free giveaway for salsa or something that you wanted to share with our community so they can get engaged with you? Yeah, so um, starting on September 1st, you can go to crelada.com, which is like right down here if you're just- <laughs> And it's an amazing website. It's so fun and bright oh, and great. clean. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much. My shout out to my sister-in-law, cause she, <laughs> she made it. And I just give her like a million edits. I'm like, what about this? What about this? Um, yeah, so starting September 1st and onward, we're offering the first salsa lesson of the series for free. It's like a 40 minute long lesson. Um, Bianca, I'd be interested to have Bianca share a little bit about what it was like trying it with her class. Cause she tried it with like hundreds of kids because I feel like seeing is believing this is not like some YouTube video, like this is designed for use in the classroom. So I really mm-hmm. want teachers, you know, to be able to see it and experience it because most people don't really understand dance education. So I feel like they really need to, you really need to try it. To try it. Right. Right. Bianca, do you want to share about that? Sure. I mean, <laughs> I tried it with 15 different classes Wow. and it was June. It was hot. It was the end of the year. Forget about not wanting to dance. We didn't want to be in school anymore. And they were 100% tired of hearing my voice and asking for them to do these technical steps. So I went in thinking, okay, I'll give this a shot. And I was probably most stressed about doing it with some of my tougher classes. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I could say the classes that I was worried about excelled the most. It was the most engaged they've been. I think it was refreshing for them to hear a different voice, to see a different person, again, to see me taking class with them, to feel like, oh, my teacher cares about my culture, but also the pacing. Mm -hmm. We had, you know, a breakdown of rhythm. Then we went into steps, then steps with music. Okay, now you have that. Let's put multiple steps together. Can you move that around the room? 
And it was nice to see their brains kind of work and put it together. And just different kinds of learners. I had students that are more auditory. So clapping the rhythm really got it in their bodies. Mm -hmm. Some students not having it that way (laughs) in their body and they got it. And even just being able to interact with their peers, some of them were like, let's try it facing each other and taking it to that next level. Even having those check-ins help, the little thumbs up moments really help you gauge what's going on in their heads, which sometimes they're not very willing to share. It also is a great moment of self-reflection because some kids are like, yeah. And as a teacher, I'm like, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, but, but no. Here it's there. Um, but they got the confidence. <laughs> right. But they're confident and they're excited. And now we're in a place where they could be like, what do you mean? No. And they can kind of give me some feedback and I could give them some feedback. And it opens you know up it, the conversations. Yeah. But it also worked with gifted and talented students who are you know, known to excel in all areas. And I thought, oh, they're going to find this boring. It's going to be too babyish for them. They loved it. Class ended and they were like, are we going to do video two next week? (laughs) So it works for for all kinds of learners. Even my administrators that were walking in the hallway kind of stopped in to check in. And some of them ended up taking class with us. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's great. That's the pure magic moment. Yeah. Yes. When yeah. other people around go, I want to do that too. <laughs> Jump What's in. going on in there? And before right. you know it, everyone, like Ella said, it's like you're in a club because now you know the steps, you're getting comfortable and you're just having fun with it. And I think that's, at least for me, and I'm sure for Ella too, that's at the core of what we do. Dance mm-hmm. should be fun and it's, it should be social. And it's almost like you don't realize that you're learning all these skills because you're so focused on your enjoyment. But when you leave at the end of the day, all of a sudden, you know something about a new culture, you made a new friend, you have confidence, you can perform in front of your peers, you know that you have to practice and how that practice impacts the people around you. And it's things that you can take way beyond a dance classroom. Right? Yeah. And I think um, it's just so um All right, let me get all three of us on here. (laughs) There we go. Um, You guys are basically creating an opportunity for people to experience dance or have the exposure to it. What you were saying earlier, Ella, about more rural schools that may, like maybe those students would never have access to any type of dance engagement and you never know what that's gonna open up for someone. Um, Even if their initial experience with it was resistance to it. It, You just, you never know. So I really admire the work that you guys are doing. Um, What is the best way for our listeners or viewers to connect with y'all? I would say the best way is through our website, which is crelata.com. C-R-E-L-A-T-A.com. We will make sure to put, we'll definitely include that in the description. Yeah, Yeah, that's the best way. And on the bottom, there's a contact us form. You can, it goes directly to me. So I promise I'll respond to you. Um, You can also, all our social channels are on there as well. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you both so much for being with us today. Um, We're just happy to have you and sharing about the important work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those of you 
listening, make sure you like or subscribe or leave a review for our podcast. We would love to hear from you. And until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to Arts for the Health of It, a podcast produced by Hearts Need Art, creative support for patients and caregivers in partnership with the National Organization for Arts and Health. You can help others learn about the healing power of the arts by subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the podcast wherever you listen or watch. The podcast is hosted by Richard Wilmore, co-hosted by Constanza Rader. Our theme song, Songbird, is written and performed by Natalie Lane. Visit heartsneedart.org to learn how you can support our mission to create joy with people facing life-altering health challenges. Join us next week to learn more ways you can create arts for the health of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Heartstein Art, their staff, board members, or other affiliates. All content is created for informational purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice or to diagnose and treat any health condition. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast.